to Alphabet Flight and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guest, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Jackson. Hi, I'm Jackson. So, um, I'd like to shame you for all those horrible things you did last episode. Oh, how, how dare I? I know. How dare you? How dare you be an evil corporate person? Also, if uh, listeners at home hear a helicopter hovering around my house, it's because there's a helicopter hovering around my house. Yeah, he's, he's about to get arrested. They're just letting him finish. Before. They're, like, they're the only police officers that actually respect people. I mean, they're respected, but not enough to like, turn their hel- helicopter off when I'm doing audio work. So how much do they really respect me? <sighs> See, I feel like... I feel like it's just like, hey, get finished, get finished with what you're doing, we'll rest you afterwards. I feel like, I feel like that's, you know, pretty respectful. I mean. And also, I feel like that the law should work like that more. Um, like, the, you know, if you, if you need, like, a day to wrap up your affairs or, like, set some bills to auto pay or whatever before you go to jail, like, that's a reasonable thing to have. See, now we're getting into sensible things. Yeah, sorry. So, anyway, speaking of sensible things, let's talk about comic books. Yes, comic books, sensible things. Today, we're talking about another powerful man who's something, something, power, power man. (laughs) His name's Power Man. He's Luke Cage. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, this is a mostly powerful week. What do you know about him? Um, mostly I know the show because uh i'm a i'm a pleb who hasn't done the homework um i know that in the comics he started out as power man he had kind of a um a more goofy look that he does now with, with, with like a headband and stuff and i know that he teamed up with the immortal iron fist and they were the heroes for hire for a while yep and that was the issue 50 of both of their series mm, nice and um and was luke cage the first African-American Marvel superhero? Af- African-American? I don't think he was, because I think Falcon was uh, around before him. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, Falcon's been around. No, Falcon was. Falcon was. Because Falcon's been around for a very long time. Gonna be honest here, if you watch the show, like they do a pretty good job with portraying him, for the most part. They don't have him dressed up in a... Uh, in a yellow silk shirt that's like an extremely deep V. With pirate boots. That are also yellow. With a tiara and a chain belt. They they have a hint at it in the show, like, once, but I'm just like, come on, come on. Yeah, like, when he breaks out of his, uh, like, the tub prison where they imprisoned him, and, like, he, like, grabs stuff from the line of, like, a backyard somewhere, and it's that. Yeah. Which, good gag, but you're right, we need more of this. I... The Netflix Marvel shows are fun in many ways, but they kind of don't go full wacky with their comics. They're, they try to be more grounded, and I'm like, no, no, please. I want See, I want this all the time. As as a person who really enjoys uh, Daredevil's early stuff, we need more Stilt Man, just in general. I'm just saying that as, as a thing. Just Stilt Man more. And you can even have Punisher kill the first Stilt Man and have Stilt Lady. That's also great. You just need more Stilt Man. Uh, for a for a while, Stilt Man was kind of one of my friends' like go to like the weirdest of comics. Like he was 
like he was deeply in love with Stiltman for how goofy of a comic book character he was. Oh, he's not even that goofy compared to a bunch of people. Oh, for sure. But like, if you need kind of a like generic, easy to explain, goofy comic book thing, Stiltman. Stiltman, yeah, and he's like the issue eight of Daredevil. I think he's the first costume. I mean, the first after the costume change, where he wasn't wearing like yellow pajamas anymore. He was wearing the red outfit that everyone knows and loves. Yeah, but we're not talking about uh, Stiltman. We're talking about Power Man. Luke Cage is he used to go by Hero for Hire. Um, he 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 is former partner of Iron Fist and Hero for Hire Inc. Former member of the Defenders and former temporary member of the Fantastic Four. For a while, when uh, Reed and well, I think when the Thing was not the Thing, uh, he was a temporary member. Oh, sure. Yeah, good replacement. Kind of similar um, skill sets, and he got he got compensated for it because that's the only reason why he <laughs> he was on the team. Uh, uh, I have so many things. So we're gonna get through a, a couple of these, and then we're just gonna talk about Luke Cage because I have there's so many amazing things that Luke Cage has done throughout the years. He grew up in Harlem, often committing like petty thefts and stuff with his friend Willis Stryker. Stryker. As the two matured, uh, Cage, Cage, you know, lived the poor life and got, did odd jobs, basically. But Stryker became a professional criminal and racketeer. They both became the rival, rivals for the affections of Riva Connor, Connors. Um, Stryker being rich because he was a racketeer, uh, made a better suitor. Stryker was saved by Luke after uh, being badly beaten in a mob hit. Mm. Uh, while while he was in the hospital, uh, Cage and Connor met and developed deep friendship, and uh, Stryker, being extremely jealous, planted two kilograms of heroin in his uh, office and tipped off the police, and he was sent to prison. Huh. Um, a few days later, Connors was killed in a mob hit intended for Stryker. And from prisons, Cage swore revenge against his former friend for fam- framing him and getting Connors killed. He allowed his rage to con- uh, consume him while he was in prison, so he'd like fight a lot and whatnot. Right, as you do. He would get in fights with his parole, p- the parole board people, apparently. So, like, you know, I understand you're mad, but maybe. Not fight the people who can get you out of jail. Yeah, a little bit. Like aim your anger better. And because of that, he was transferred to Seagate Prison, which is which is a uh, little island off of Georgia, known as Little Alcatraz. It was he had a really hard life in prison because of two like because basically because he had a bunch of racist people right. around him. It's Georgia in the seventies. <laughs> oh God, man. It's like George. It's like Georgia now, but they were, but they did the same things and both different outfits. Different outfit. Different outfits. Yeah, they have different outfits, and they can talk about online. That's different. A research path physiologist was working under a grant of, from Stark International. Came to Seagate to perform an experiment on volunteer prisoners to uh, test a chemical method to promote human cell regeneration mm. and, aid, and aid against disease and aging. 
And of course, no cage was just like, yo, dip me in that science stuff. <laughs> A shocking number of people in the Marvel Universe are like, yo, dip me in that science stuff. Well, it's a very common phrase. It's, um, you know, science goo, science spray, science guns. You know, I'm all about them. Right. But basically what happened is uh, he got shocked and and put into a science goo. And, and guess what happened? Uh, he got the whole, like, balder thing and then also super strength. Yeah. Yeah, he's just uh, super strong and super tough and uh something else i was gonna say a whole lot of man he was a whole lot of man beforehand yeah he's he's even more of a lot of man he's 110 percent of already 110 percent of man yes like imagine imagine a whole lot of man and add just a scoop more <laughs> of man on top of that that'll be 53 cents for the extra scoop so, um, in the show, they explain it as him having, like, some sort of, like, basically, like, fish scale thing. Um, do we know what it is in the comics? Or is it just, like... Uh, it's essentially the same. Like, he just has, um, his skin is... His skin is basically both rapidly regenerating and also, like, kind of latticed in a certain way. Mm. That makes it really hard for stuff to get through. Like, uh, if if anything does get through, you have to have, like, surgical-grade lasers. Sure. To get through his skin. Which means if he does get beat up, he, ooh, he's getting beat up. Right. After he got uh, a scoop of extra man on top of him, he was just like, yo, I'm gonna escape. And he punches the racist guards, because, of course, why wouldn't you? Right. That's what all racists deserve. Thank you. Man. Yeah. Being punched uh, by 121% of men. You should feel proud. This this hunk of man decided to offer you a hunk of his fists to your face. And then he escaped and changed his name, and he was going to be like, yo, I'm going to beat you up, Striker. But instead, but instead he, uh, he saved, like, a person who was doing a rob- He saved a person at a diner who was being robbed, mm. and the person was just like, yo, he was just, uh, gave a- I, you did great, here's some money, thank you. And he was just like, hmm, I can do this for money. <laughs> and guess what? Heroes for hire. <laughs> or hero for hire. Then heroes for hire. It's a really, like, elegant origin story. Like, it's very, like, straightforward. Science goo, hmm, money. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's, that's pretty much most of it. Like, he, like, he fought a bunch of, you know, Think black exploitation villains, basically. Yeah, you know, like kind of corrupt, corrupt uh, crime crime bosses. Um, one time, one time he fought someone who was a bushmaster, who is different than in the uh, show. Uh, but basically, it's just like, hey, I'm you, but more of you. I'm power. I'm power master. That thing where all superheroes have. A villain who is them, but more evil and slightly stronger. Yeah, but it turns out, like, the the more of you... He got two scoops, but it was too much. <laughs> and uh, he turned into stone and crumbled. The dust. And all that happens when I get too many scoops is I get, like, more mint on my shirt than usual. Well, I mean, if you get more than one scoop of man, sometimes you turn into stone. <laughs> That's, um, uh, an often forgotten Mother Goose nursery rhyme. 
And remember, kids, only one scoop of man at a time. Then he meets, like, Misty Knight and uh, Iron, Iron Fist and a bunch of other people. Um, he met the Defenders at one point. You know, he was just like, hey, Doctor Stranger, you're being, just being a butthole. Get away from me. <laughs> and then he left. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about some of the stuff that I think makes me like him a lot. Mm. Uh, first off, um, if you are a fan of black exploitation films, you're probably going to love the comic because that's basically exactly what it's supposed to be. He he first showed up in June uh, 1972 in issue one for Hero for Hire. Out of hell, a hero? Yeah, that's his origin story. So pretty good origin story. If, if yeah, so I think one of the more fam- one of the more famous uh, things out of Hero Heroes for Hire, uh, Hero for Hire, I should say, is uh, one time he was. He was uh, hired by Doctor Doom under, you know, under a different name to do some shady, shady stuff for him. And when he, and then when he figured it out, it's just, uh, it, he did it. He didn't know it was shady at the time, but he did it. And uh, Doctor Doom revealed himself and didn't pay him. So what he did was he went to his friend <laughs> Reed Richards and said, "Like, hey, can I borrow your plane so I could go over and beat up your?" <laughs> <laughs> beat up your enemy, so. and and he said no. But then Luke Cage was just like, "Well, guess what? I'm taking your plane." <laughs> <laughs> and then flies to Latveria, and then and then like just beats up Doctor Doom and says like, "I don't care if you owe me two dollars, two hundred dollars. You're gonna pay me for my work." <laughs> and and it's that wonderful thing. It's just like I want my money, honey. Because he speaks in black exploitation uh, <laughs> terms, which means there's so many wonderful turns of phrases, uh, and Doctor Doom respects Luke Cage a lot. Good. If I knew nothing about like Luke Cage from you know anything else, you told me just that story, I would immediately want to read all of his issues. That's just that's such a good like little microcosm of a character. And in the and the fun thing about it too is. Um, they play a lot with like um, race and class in the comics as well. Hmm. Well, yeah. Especially whenever you introduce like Iron Fist into the thing, which I want to kind of talk about the like the show a little bit because for the most part the comics are really good, but I think the show probably has a little bit more eyes on it. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because I'm going to be honest here. Thought the first season was like. Six episodes too long. Yeah, it should have been either like two, you know, two six to eight episode seasons with one being about, there's two snake dudes, I can't remember which is which. Um, Diamondback and uh, Cottonmouth. Yeah, so it should have been like the Cottonmouth season and then the like Diamondback, Shades, and Mariah season and then what we had for season two. Yeah, so they, I think they do a pretty good job with sprinkling Luke Cage where it needs to be in those shows. First off, I think it has the best, like, uh, the music. And it's really good just to have, like, a nightclub where all the evil people do their, like, scheming. Because you just have a bunch of, like, you just have a bunch of, like, really good music playing diegetically. Yeah. It's the same thing that uh, Buffy did, where they, like, just went to the bronze all the time. But uh, I really enjoy the shows, uh, the show, because the more woke, I guess, of this series. 
of Marvel movies. I mean, rap movie uh, shows, I should say. Yeah. It's definitely more woke, if I could say that without uh, sounding like I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I think the only one that uh, that does more social commentary more than it, though, is probably Punisher. Because Punisher is a fairly lefty show. Really? Yes. I'm not joking. You should watch it if you haven't. Listen, um, Punisher is hard for me to get through because like, he... Re- I've had a lot of negative interactions with guys who are a lot like what the Punisher starts out as, and it's... One of the main plot points is how white terrorism gets bred and radicalized. That is really important to figure. Um, fine. You twist my arm. Dude, it is super good. That does sound really good. In the first episode of like, the Punisher thing, he's like, oh yeah, I read Moby Dick, and I thought it was great. And I'm like, no, why? That... Who gives? Well, it's because he really he really likes whaling uh, manuals in the middle of a book. Okay, sure, but who looks at Frank Castle like you need this this weird dumb gay book about whaling? Like that's it's Moby Dick is one of my favorite books. Um, I actually have a lot of feelings about it. It has many flaws, and I like I it has many flaws, and I agree with everybody who like it's a manual for whaling, and I I agree with you. However, it's a really good manual for whaling. Um. As a person who had to read it in two weeks and had to write a paper about it without any time to really digest it. Right. As you should. This is a book you have to read over the course of, like, being stuck on a boat for two years. It's the only way to enjoy it. Um, That's what it's for. There's a reason why I had a whaling manual in the middle of it. Uh, I understand why people are like, oh, this book about obsession is what... People who haven't read it or go through like the obsession thing, and I can see where they're coming from with that, but it doesn't seem like a thing that Frank Castle as a character makes sense for him to be super into, given the amount of other stuff he's dealing with. Like, I feel like he wouldn't necessarily work through all the all the subtle like explorations of God and faith in that thing. You think uh, you think they would mention all along the Western Front or something like that? Something about how, but but whatever. <laughs> Ultra Lotion Front is shorter and more to the point. You could even look at um, uh, Heart of Darkness might also be something he could like work through in kind of a similar way. I don't... They needed to have it be like a smart book, and so they picked a smart book. Um, but uh, I talked about this... I'm going to be talking about this in a couple weeks or so. Because um, we talk about Punisher. Um, so I don't want to get into it too much. But the show is fairly left-leaning for what it is. Um, it doesn't glorify violence at all because every time like a lot of violence happens, it's horrific, and you have to because it doesn't just show like him like being like, "Ah, oh, you shot me. I'm good now." He has to at least like he gets more haggard and broken as the series goes on. Oh my god, it's so good. You should watch it. It's the only Netflix show that I thought needed the 13 episodes. Also, you should definitely watch it because the guy who plays Billy Russo is so remarkably hot. Billy Russo, you say? He, he yeah, um, he plays, uh, he's in Westworld. Yeah, so he's also in, um, Easy Virtue, and he's, uh, which is one of my favorite movies, where he plays, based on what I'm looking at, a very different character. Uh, yeah, he's incredibly attractive, and I 
am convinced just on that, honestly. Like, you should watch it because he's just because the whole thing. Okay, first off, if you don't know who Burley Russo is, he's J- uh, Jigsaw. Yeah. So the entire time, because he's basically like the guy who got out of service and was able to turn it into something else and besides ptsd right the entire time they just call him pretty boy and everything because i know who billy russo is so i was just like yeah he's gonna be jigsaw how are they going to disfigure him to the point he goes to jigsaw man it's such a good show and also ooh, he's so attractive like <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, sorry. I had a whole I had a whole episode where we just talked about the show, just the Punisher show. So I don't want to get into that. But basically, he's basically like he's a walking thirst trap that I will fall into every single time. <laughs> Excellent. But speaking of like that, you know, bringing it back to thirst traps, um, Luke Cage is also a very attractive man. Speaking of tall thirst traps, Mike Colton, I think his name, or Mike Colt. Whoever plays Luke Cage, also extremely attractive. <laughs> but um, did you watch season two? Yeah, Mike Coulter, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, watched season two. Uh, I think it's a better season, honestly, because like they oh, it, no, it's one hundred percent a better season, mm-hmm. like by um country mile. Mm-hmm. I like what they did because basically the first season was you know the introduction, basically. Um, and I like what they do with the second one because like it's seeing him slowly morph into something he was tra- fighting. Yeah. And I didn't, like, I didn't see it coming at first, but then like it started sliding into that. And I'm like, oh god, oh god, no, 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 and that was really cool. And and the thing is, is like they have a lot of moral complexity with that, and they made Black Mariah. I mean, I should say Mariah, uh, but she's Black Mariah in the comics. Mm. Managed to make her an actual character, <laughs> second season, which is good because in the first season she was kind of all over the place. All over the place, and she's all over the place in the second one, but in a good way. Yeah, like it. It makes sense, and her being all over the place is a part of her falling apart and um, deteriorating and making worse and worse choices. And that, like, is part of the plot as opposed to she's what the story needs to get to thirteen episodes in season one. Yeah, and she plays a pretty significant role. And Tilda Johnson. Who, aka Nightshade? Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to be a thing in from the comics or not. And then, like, at the time when I'm like, oh, she's definitely something from the comics. She's something from the comics. I didn't realize it though until I read the Nightshade entry, which you can listen to that episode because that's who she is. Her last shot, the last shot of her, is a reference to her costume. Oh, nice! The, with the big Afro puff and and the kind of like uh. The like the super red lipstick, the like the kind of skimpy black stuff, a uh, black dress. Uh, so I googled her, and the first thing that came up was an image, um, Queen of the Werewolves, and I'm so excited about that. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything with that. <laughs> uh, I can dream. Also, season two has uh Mustafa Shakir, who's like I- incredible and charismatic, and his eyes like stare into your soul and. He like he was also really uh, he was Bushmaster, also very good. Yeah, he's so the Bushmaster stuff was pretty good. The thing I hated was how loudly they played the like reggae music every time he entered the scene. Like, cause like, it works with an in the night nightclub because there's diegetic uh, you know music, 
But with him, it's kind of like, it's like he, there's someone with a boombox right off camera just playing the same, like, re- reggae elevator beats. If it wasn't a very non-racist show, I would say it would be almost racist. Yeah, it definitely has, there's definitely stuff to unpack about um, American blackness versus, like, non-American blackness, in quotes. Um, I I definitely shouldn't unpack any of that, but that's definitely like a thing the show is interacting with. Yeah, and it is very interesting. Uh, I suggest watching the second season of Luke Cage. I think most people like the first season. I thought it was a little overrated. Yeah, I think it's kind the of first it's season. generally well received, but I think it um it people said it was too good. <laughs> the first season, second season, sort yeah. of saying a bit um, of crazy. Good. It does a lot with the story. The characters are more nuanced and also Misty gets her robot arm yeah oh that's all I wanted I just want a robot arm also they hinted at a Danny Rand yeah, that was interesting Danny Rand showed up for one episode and it's exactly the right amount of Danny Rand I didn't hate Danny Rand in this show See, what is this as a person who likes Danny Rand in the comics that's the type of Danny Rand I wanted hear his, him being this kind of like Slightly doofy hippie guy, kind of a a bit yuppie-ish. Worked it like yeah, he's just he's just a spiritual yuppie who annoys annoys the hell out of uh, Luke Cage. But it worked so well for Luke's arc that season. That was exactly what Danny. That was what Luke needed to have as a foil, and it was so cool. And I want more of them hanging out. I want them together, which is why they should have done a season two of Iron Fist, which is coming out next month. They should yeah, have just done a Heroes that, for that's Hire. What I want. They should also just, you know, like accidentally kill off this Danny Rand and give the Iron Fist to Colleen, but whatever. Uh, see, like, I saw a hint of a Danny Rand that I liked, and I would be okay with this current Iron Fist. Being Iron Fist, you just cannot give him his own right. series. But if it was just like, if it was just Heroes for Hire as a thing, and it was just these two hanging out for the whole season, that would be good. That could be really fun. That would be good because you because you had the grounding, you had the grounding of like Luke Cage, um, like more real world grounding, and then you had like kind of his like kind of floofy, yuppie, hippie, spiritual stuff going as well, and which is what they have in the comic, which is what I liked, which is why I like Danny Rain in the comic. Because they do grapple with the whole, like, they do, they have grappled with it, and they write, Danny Rand is pretty good. Especially if you read the Mac Fraction version of Danny Rand. The Iron Fist season was kind of grueling and didn't do a lot to unpack the things it needed to unpack to be good. It did have a lot of Madame Gao, though, and I love Madame Gao. And I'm not going to unpack the whole, I'm not going to do any of the unpacking of, of the, of the stuff. I feel like it's one of those, like, catch, catch 22 things. If you go too far in one way, then it's going to seem racist towards one way. And if you go too far the other way, it's just a white dude just stealing. Mystical martial arts dude. Yeah. White dude. There's, um, the only way to, like, really unpack Iron Fist in a television show is to turn off Iron Fist and put on Into the Badlands. The show leans really heavily on this, that Luke Cage's whole power is a, is being someone who can't be shot, and it, unfortunately, it, it's really resonant right now with where we are with, like, current issues in America, and while those issues suck, 
The show is providing a way to talk about issues that need to be talked about, but in a level of abstraction that makes them not too real. Well, well yeah, like how comics and sci-fi and stuff generally does. It, it puts a layer of abstraction of of like a real-world issue, but it's easier to talk about Luke Cage, you know, being, you know, being shot at than you know, like a kid for holding yeah. like a plastic toy gun. Um. So yeah, it, as because it is definitely the the more uh, it's definitely the one that I think has um, the most nuance out of all of the shows. I, I though at the same time, The Punisher is up there with the nuance. <laughs> And again, I'm saying that about That's something with the Punisher. To me, but I, I'm fascinated, really. No, no, it's, it's as a person who read a lot of Punisher stuff mm. and hated it slash loved it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see how it's kind of a vessel to like work through complicated shit. But then you have then you have people like Garth Ennis. It's just like <laughs> he shoots people because edgy. Yep. Rape is cool. <laughs> I'm Garth Ennis. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm 100% here for the hating Garth Ennis hype train. The Luke Cage show is pretty good for the most part. At least season two is. The, like, half of season one is good. Aspects of season one are very strong, but I think that season one was too excited about its villains and didn't quite make it all work as a, as a, as a plot. And it also didn't go into the nuance of Luke Cage, who... Uh, who, who like, given to his own devices, will kind of seep a little bit over to the side he doesn't want to be in. If it takes, if it takes that to protect what he wants to protect. I just love, I just love the ending of season two, where he's in, where he's in Harlem Paradise, and he's, like, dressed up and everything, and he has, like, the whole, like, network and stuff, and ever, and, like, you can just feel that the third season's gonna be, like, just gonna tear him down. Oh yeah, I think like, you're gonna so go so hard. badly for him, and it's gonna be really interesting to see. Like, you know how any good cliffhanger is like, I want to see how it gets out of this, but usually it's like you know someone's like in a sinking submarine or they're like hanging over a cliff or whatever. This is just like he's arguably in the best spot he's ever been in, and I'm like, how's he gonna get out of this? How like what's gonna happen? He's going to fall off that mountaintop. He's on. Oh, it's gonna be so, so satisfying. Hard. And I want to see. It's going to be so good also, to see him um, fall. <laughs> Mike Coulter does a really good job with it, and I want and like season two pushed him harder, and I want to see him pushed even harder as time goes on. He has a swagger to him, as the show likes to put out. It's being sent in a wrong direction that he thinks is right. I can't wait. But um, also, I'm just wanting like I would. I just want to hear us for hire. I just want to have Misty Knight, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and I forgot her name. Yeah, and Colleen Wing, yeah. I like how season two of Luke Cage has, like, you know, we're just going to stop a plot for a little bit and ha- and have Colleen Wing and Misty Knight fight up, like, punch a bunch of dudes in a bar. So, uh, what's your plugs? Oh, so, uh, I am from Gratuitous Pausing. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Podbean. We are a movie bracket, and we compare... Uh, movies in a bracket, as you may have gathered from me saying movie bracket. Um, like, based on when this comes out, it might be comparing um, Dinosaur and Sleeping Beauty. I think that's about where we're going to be. Um, and I'm also from a 
studying Granada, where we watch the Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes series from Granada Television from the 80s and talk about okay. it. Okay. So my name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. Um, if you'd like to see my little cryptid, my cat with four thumbs, you can go to my Instagram at Marvelous Mooch. Um, I, uh, if you'd like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about, uh, you can go to at HodgePod Group on Facebook or at Alphabet Flight on Twitter. And I should have a Patreon out by now, so uh, if you'd like to donate, the links will be down below. And besides that, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Madcap show you how truly meanest life is. Bye!